0: Welcome in to Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I am Chris Yao. He is Mo Patton, and sporting the Main Street Sports today two tone blue today. Looking, looking good. Looking good. What a Thursday it has been. I've I have been to the mountaintop all the way to <laughs> the Hermitage today. And back home to Columbia. But uh well, looking forward to another fantastic show that we have lined up. Mo, what's going on, man?
1: Well, I've not been to Hermitage.
0: Well, so consider yourself I, lucky.
1: I, I, I think that kind of puts me a few steps ahead of the game, actually. Well, I did get I did get free sauce though.
0: I got some got some ribs sauce and, and a couple other sauces from our friends at Acme Feeding Seed. So Okay. At least I got some free sauce out the deal. There you go. I don't know that it paid for my gas, but gas up there is super cheap, man. It was I paid two sixty two
1: a gallon. Hey, we were in Murfreesboro last night. We paid two fifty five. So see, okay, you got to get out of Southern Middle of Tennessee to get some decent gas. Around. Well, you definitely got to get out of Franklin. So oh, there's
0: no question. You can <laughs> buying gas in Franklin is it's like you just feel like there's a guy holding a gun to your back and just saying pump.
1: <laughs> like, as, as, I mean... as, as as my dad once said when we pulled up to a pump, Jesse James carried a gun. You know, I mean,
0: <laughs> at least you knew he was bad. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So.
0: Justin, how do you like that? Jesse James reference. That is two per. that is two in one in each show. <laughs> That's true. That is that is true. <laughs> and we had uh, the, the, the rib sauce that I have is actually called uh, uh, James and it's supposedly for Frank and Jesse. So
1: well, well, you know, apparently they hold up up there close to um Barbara Mandrell's former spread up in Northern Davidson County. So, so apparently there are local ties to the, the James brothers. Well, see, it's,
0: it's all coming back. I, I didn't realize that, uh, that they had some, some ties to middle Tennessee, but apparently they do because they got barbecue sauce here. So, (laughs) 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 I, I'm looking forward to trying it. I can tell you that, but, uh, well, we've got a good show, man. We've got, I guess, we, I guess we'll just call him Coach Jimmy Mack. <laughs> Jim McDowell is going to join this show and talk about his hashtag BDP 11 and Blue Devils, their Blue Devil pride. We'll talk to former Braves reliever and host of the 755 is real podcast, Eric O'Flaherty. Major League Baseball moves are kind of starting to come down. So, he really hoped that the Atlanta Braves have something going on in, in the works. I know I know they're doing something, and you never know what AA. is doing because nobody talks. I swear he he holds the, he holds the deals up to I mean if if we're dealing and you leak it, we don't deal no more. <laughs> like I mean, it's impressive how he's been able to keep this stuff on the on the hush.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the exception of the Matt Olson thing, because I guess that was just, for some reason, that was just an obvious move. I don't know, but, you know, short of that, everything that the Braves have done under Alex Anthopoulos has been shocking.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just, you you see a random tweet from the Braves and you're like, whoa. Where'd that come from? (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? Um, so yeah, it's really impressive what they've been able to do. We'll talk to Eric about that and some other moves around major league baseball, lots of big ones over the last couple of days. So we'll get into that and much, much more pretty big news coming out of the TWA delay today. And we'll get to it here in just a second. But before we do that, let's go ahead and get into the results. And these are way too many results. That is yesterday's. So hold on. Don't, don't copy that. Justin, um, we'll get into yesterday's results and today's schedule, and we'll do that on the rundown. This is the rundown
1: in girls' basketball action yesterday. Um, lead academy defeated at Republic 38 22.
0: Don't know what happened in the boys' game.
1: Okay. Um, are these women? this women's yeah, game yeah, isn't – All of this is yesterday.
0: Just oh. the high school was was the wrong ones.
1: Okay. Women's basketball action yesterday. Southern Illinois defeated Tennessee State 100-72. I think that was a day game because I think we talked about it yesterday. We did. Men's basketball, Tennessee defeated Eastern Kentucky 84-49. Vanderbilt with a couple free throws at the end. Defeat at Pittsburgh, 75-74 at Memorial Gym. And the Memphis Grizzlies with a 123-102 win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Doubleheader basketball action tonight. Cheatham
0: County hosting Greenbrier. These are all 6 p.m. tips for the girls, uh, boys to follow. Kenwood is at Clarksville. East Hickman hosting Mount Pleasant. Watertown is at FC Boyd. Hunter's Lane goes to Goodpasture. Harpeth is at home against Houston County. Clarksville Northeast is at Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Mount Juliet hosting Riverdale. Laverne goes to Rockville, and Lancaster Christian is at the Tennessee Heat. Wonder where they where do they play?
1: I don't know. It's a heck of a question.
0: <laughs> so there you go.
1: If girls, you I'm, know, let us yeah know. yeah let us know yeah. And girls basketball action at five o'clock tonight. Saint Cecilia travels to Ensworth. Women's basketball tonight, Cumberland is at Freed Hardman, that's a 5.30 tip, also at 5.30, UT Southern is at Bethel, and Cedarville is at Trevecca at 6, Fisk plays at Lane College. Men's basketball action tonight, Cumberland's at Freed Hardman at 7.30, back end of a doubleheader, as is UT Southern at Bethel at approximately 7.30, and Fisk at Lane at eight. On the ice, the Nashville Predators travel south, take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's a six o'clock puck drop on Bally Sports South. And that is your rundown. Short, sweet, and to the
0: point on that one, Mo. (laughs) But once we got it straight, yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm glad we didn't go through all of those Tuesday scores, but uh so our top story today coming out of the TWSAA Board of Control meeting, the uh, and and talk about shocking because I'm not sure that anyone saw this even coming, especially to a vote. But apparently a unanimous vote approved. I'm I'm gonna call it NIL because that's the easiest way to explain it, but it's not really Nil. Name, image, likeness.
1: It's Did, really not name, image, likeness. It uh, is, it's a change to the amateur rule as it stands in the TSSAA um, bylaws, which is what the Legislative Council handles. And essentially what this does is allow them to make money doing certain things as
0: long as it's not in conjunction with a TWSWA event type thing.
1: As long as it's not in conjunction with a TSSAA event, as long as it's not, they are not representing their school. Specifically, reading from the change to Article 2, Section 18, which is the amateur rule of the TSSAA bylaws and goes into effect immediately. Students may receive payment for activities not related to performance, provided they are carried out in a manner that does not suggest or reasonably suggest the endorsement or sponsorship of the TSSAA school. The student's activities for which they are compensated may not include an image or likeness of the student in a uniform or other clothing or gear depicting the name or logo of the TSSAA member school the student is attending or has attended no reference to twswa accolades or championships may be used in the students activities for which they are compensated so you
0: can't say mr football marcel reed is hosting a passing
1: camp you cannot well, I say i guess mis- you could
0: i guess you could cuz that's a tennis that's a tennessee titans thing so i guess you could say that but
1: eh, well that's going to get real gray <laughs> real
0: quick real quick it just got real gray my first my first thing we're now yeah, in gray
1: area yeah you 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 may have just violated it right then who knows and, but and what not. you can't say is nba quarterback marcel uh, reed is yeah, you cannot you say, cannot say that and, and you I, can't use a picture of him in his nba uniform you know i'm curious does that include
0: since since you can't have tws member school sponsorship does that include facilities Can I host a camp
1: at NBA?
0: NBA? If I'm Marcel Reed, can I host an indoor passing camp, you know, at that facility?
1: You probably, you, you probably better do that thing at D1.
0: That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you're, you, you've got a better option, you know, of doing it at, you know, if you're a baseball player doing a hitting camp or something like that, Mm -hmm. doing at the local uh, city park, not your school.
1: Exactly. I mean, if you want, if you want to be sure to steer clear, you, you may just want to get with your local rec league or something like that and do that and just rely on folks to know who you are rather than saying, you know, the Columbia Academy's Bryant Baranic.
0: Sure. Yeah. This is, and, and that's why I, 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 it's not necessarily, I mean, it is a way to get into the NIL realm because you are using you know if i have a picture of marcel reed and i you know i put marcel reed passing camp it's my Mm -hmm. name image and likeness that is promoting the camp and i can get paid for it but that's not really
1: what it is um it's it's tiptoeing up to nil right Uh, it's not exactly nil it is allowing kids to take advantage of their skills and their notoriety athletically. But it's not.
0: If Jared Hall hosted a basketball camp, people would know who Jared Hall is.
1: is. Mm -hmm. And And if he hosted it at a Lebanon rec center, but not at, you know, Lebanon's gym, shouldn't be a problem with it. Shouldn't be a problem at all
0: and should never have really been a problem, but I understand what the, I understand, you know, why it was, I sure. guess.
1: Um, and and time, th- uh, times have changed. I mean, we, we've gotten to a point where kids should be able to take advantage of their skills and their athletic notoriety that, you know, that that hasn't always been thought to be the case simply
0: now worst case scenario let's mm-hmm. worst case it let's say um cavar's tears at columbia academy
1: while he was at columbia academy while
0: he was at columbia academy mm-hmm. we all knew from what he was a sophomore when he committed to ut if not before that mm-hmm. um ut commit cavar's tears decides he wants to you know He's doing a baseball camp. Well, what if, say, and I'm just throwing a name out there. Please don't come at me. (laughs) Uh, Let's say XYZ Academy. Let's say that. Mm -hmm. A booster or a donor at XYZ Academy says, hey, Kavaris come to XYZ Academy and play baseball the next two years. And we'll have a summer camp where I'm going to pay you 20 grand to do this camp, whether anybody shows up or not. (laughs) And all you got to do is put your name on the poster. Now that's, that's the worst case, but it's absolutely now legal under
1: this definition. Am I wrong? I don't believe you're wrong. So, and, and 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 I don't believe it's out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> I think there's a couple of schools out there that might be interested in this. I'm whatever sure. your worst case scenario is, it's going to get tested.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, somebody's going to test it. There's it's no going to
1: get tested. So I, I mean. This is a Pandora's box because, you know, somebody's going to push the envelope. It's human nature. It's athletic nature. Somebody wants to see how far you can take something always.
0: And, you know, Stephen Hardy, And
1: somebody, even with this new rule, somebody's going to be declared ineligible as a result of this.
0: I would. That's almost a guarantee. I mean that's about as close to a guarantee as you can
1: get, I think. Um, Somebody's going to lose eligibility over this.
0: Stephen Hard just tweeted, and I want to I want to pull the tweet up because I don't want to get it wrong. And but but essentially what he said was there are a couple of times over the course of the TWSW and his coverage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that it feels different, like groundbreaking in terms of how it will affect statewide prep sports. Today reminds me of how it felt nearly 30 years ago when the D2 split was voted in mm-hmm. at the state basketball tournament. Now, you, having been here and, and covered all of those type of things, does, I mean, is that what you're feeling like right now?
1: I feel like this is a, what's the word I'm looking for? This is a change on that scale. I mean, Stephen, Stephen, and I have been doing this for pretty close to the same amount of time, and I don't, I don't disagree with him on that assessment. This, this is a game changer. That's that's game, what
0: I'm saying. It's it, yeah, it, it's, it's a huge move in the world of high school athletics.
1: I mean, it kind of brings the TSSAA into the 21st century. In terms of its thinking, but again, I think, I think it also opens a Pandora's box because you've got a lot of people out here who really care a lot about their high school athletics. And, you know, I'm not going to get into calling any names or anything like that, but I have some specific situations in mind, but this is going to get challenged. And your your hypothetical that you just threw out there 20,000 may not be the number but there will be something along those lines to come out of this and somebody's going to have to make a decision as to whether or not it's allowable or <laughs> or because they are trying to get forgiveness rather than permission. Somebody else is going to try have to try to protect their eligibility after that scenario takes place.
0: After the fact. Yep. Mm-hmm. Man, that is tough. Um, Be I, careful I, what you I, wish for. Be careful what you wish for. There's there, that, that is absolutely the truth. And so there you have it. That's a, that is a little bit, in into the world of what's going on at the TWS Level a board of control meetings there's a lot a lot more a lot more coming out of it and a lot of things that are far more um, tangible and probably impactful <laughs> but I do think this is going th- this is going to be a hot topic as most most everybody's already got a column out <laughs> so <laughs> there's that um, but yeah, so we're gonna take a break and when we come back, we'll hand out some hardware to some southern middle Tennessee athletes and teams. We'll talk to Jim McDowell, Lebanon Boys basketball coach, about the aforementioned Jared Hall uh on Coach's Corner, presented by From the Heart Cafe. And we'll get into much, much more right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. You guys stick around with us. <laughs> zion christian academy zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731 you can schedule your appointment go toward their campus it is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it again it's zioneagles.org give them a call 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today
2: are you an enthusiastic sports fan want to have fun and get in on the action heck yes that'd be awesome have great attention to detail want to stay active definitely Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes! Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at HighSchoolOfficials.com.
0: Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our orthoquick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in to Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao alongside Mo Patton, and we are bringing you everything under the sun—from preps to pros—we've got you covered. Plenty of, plenty of news to get to from. All levels of athletics today, including preps and pros. And we'll get to there. He is coach, uh, Jim McDowell will join us here in just a moment. But before we get to him, Mo, let's hand out a little hardware to our folks here in southern middle Tennessee. And we'll start with our end to win life team of the week, southern middle Tennessee team of the week, presented by our friends at Custom Stone Handlers and Ned Rich. This one is headed up to south williamson county
1: south williamson county home of the independence eagle boys basketball team picked up a couple of wins going to cane ridge the the brandon millerless cane ridge ravens and picking up a 76 59 victory i mentioned to um mark wilkins after that they're, they're a little easier to play without an sec starter in their lineup and um then last Friday, they followed that up with a 79-43 win at home over a pretty good Rockvale team. So a couple of big wins for the Independence Eagles last week, our Southern Middle Tennessee into win life team of the week. So,
0: And our Southern Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee bone and joint athlete of the week, we're going to go to the mats.
1: Going to the mats, Landon DeSalle. Summit's junior 138 pounder pinned his way through the Black Horse Invitational down at um Houston High School in Germantown this past weekend. Five pins won the one thirty-eight championship and was named outstanding wrestler of the tournament. And that's it's good enough for us. Is that good? That sounds good. That's, it's that's pretty good. Okay. I'm not a wrestling guy, but
0: five matches, five pins, sounds good.
1: Mm, yeah that <laughs> there you go that that's that's pretty much all you need to know right there
0: <laughs> can you do much better no no you can't that's, that's you literally really can. the best you can do yeah yeah so, <laughs> so congratulations to to those uh award winners and we appreciate um appreciate you guys submitting your uh your athletes and teams for consideration please do so you can do that m patten at mainstreet in.com. And who knows, maybe you will be next. We go now to coach's corner presented by from the heart cafe out in Chapel Hill from the heart cafe, keeping you fed and happy, whether it be through breakfast outside in the breakfast barn, I say breakfast barn, that's what I'm calling it. Uh, it's a trailer, but it's nice. Uh, or lunch with the best desserts and sandwiches that money can buy or with catering. They'll keep you so happy. I promise you, you're going to want to go check them out. Go see Renee Hart at From the Hart Cafe out in Chapel Hill. Drive a little, eat a lot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice Nicely done.
0: Uh, I'm joined now by Jim McDowell or Coach Jimmy Mack on Twitter. Coach, how are you? Thanks for joining us.
2: I'm good. I've talked to John Wild many a morning when he's stopping there at that breakfast trailer to get some biscuits on his way into Summit, so –
0: not surprising. I know all of if you're talking to John Wilder, pro- he's probably eating and you're probably talking about it.
1: 100%. <laughs> or, or if he's not eating, he's either getting ready to eat or here's what's crazy is as much as he's up on meat and threes and that kind of thing, to look at him, you'd never know it. I mean, <laughs> it, it's not like me, you know, talking about food all the time. So, uh, he's, yeah, yeah. I think his height helps him on that. That's for sure. <laughs>
2: He hides it well.
1: Yeah, he does, Jim. Um, your Blue Devils off to a what six and two start now, following Tuesday's win, spoiling the homecoming of Troy Bond and his Brentwood Bruins. But um, what do you like about the way you guys are rolling right now? You know, we've got seven seniors, and um,
2: <clears throat> about three or three three of those guys have started since they were sophomores. So a lot of experience there. Uh, obviously led by Jared Hall uh you know special player um he's averaging 31 and 10 right now um they're our first uh, we're actually five and two right now through our first seven games um bright spot for us has been another senior landon Ingles, uh post player uh he he got some minutes last year uh but he's really stepped up his game over the course of the off season. he's and he's averaging 14 and eight right now um another he's a six eight post kid inside so he really utilized his offseason to get stronger and get in the weight room, and really worked on his game. And so, uh, just had some other guys step up as well. Caden Baird, a senior uh, point guard, um, has, has played well. Uh, our quarterback uh, Jalen Absence come back uh, the last few ball games and starting to get his basketball legs under him. Uh, senior senior guard Wyatt Bowling has um, <clears throat> also uh, been a, a solid player for us, averaging about eight a game. So, uh, we've got several guys that are contributing and. Um, you know, we we've got a tough schedule that we've we've played thus far and will continue. Um, but I I do like the it was good to get a good well win on the road at Brentwood uh on Tuesday.
1: That was at Brentwood. I can't read. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, that's all right. But, hey, um, you know, you mentioned Jalen Abston, the quarterback from the from the football team coming back and, and getting his basketball legs under him. And that's always a challenge when those guys, particularly when they play deep, Lebanon eliminated in the second round of the class 6a state playoffs but um when you've got guys that have had that kind of success in football does that bleed over into basketball for you do you think
2: yeah we uh coach gentry and i we've got a really good relationship and you know we, we want our guys to be able to co- to compete as much as possible and whether it's on the football field or whether it's basketball or you know our baseball coach will wakefield uh we got a lot of guys that are playing multiple sports and you know, with the success that they've been able to have the last few seasons out on the on the gridiron, uh, that's not no coincidence that that carries over on the, the hardwood. And, you know, those guys, they they have come to the point where they they kind of expect to win whenever they set foot on the, on the field or on the court. And, uh, you know, and it's not just Jalen, you know, we've got uh, Aiden Donald that's at the East West All-Star game this week. Uh, that's it's, uh, you know, been a contributing factor for us. Uh, Bryce Nizek is another kid that was a starting safety at football that's come in and, and uh, you know, he he comes off the bench, really good three-point shooter. And then uh, Chaston Dixon is a uh, transfer from uh, actually Dixon County uh, that started and, and played quite a bit at, at football at receiver and corner. And so, you know, just working those guys back in and getting our rotations figured out and all that kind of stuff, something we've been doing the last couple of weeks but yeah, it's definitely beneficial with the success they've had on foot out of football to carry that over into, into basketball.
0: Coach with uh, the holidays coming up, that means that, you know, you're going to be traveling quite a bit to, to get some of these games. And you mentioned your schedule, your schedule has been tough thus far and it doesn't get much easier when you go out to Bartlett uh, for battle of the bluff this weekend. And then you, you go next weekend to Knoxville, just to just trying to get a, a lay of the land from, from corner to corner of the state, apparently, as you'll go to the Knoxville <laughs> Convention Center for the five-star hoops jam and play a, a Knoxville Web and Richmond out of North Carolina. What do these type of events, you know, give you as a team being able to play in, in, you know, other parts of the state against different teams that you may not play in the regular season?
2: You know, the we've gone the last two summers down to the Basketball Coaches Association in Tennessee – um, the the team camp that they've hosted in, in Memphis the last two years. And I really feel like that's something that's been beneficial for our team. Uh, we've played a lot of West Tennessee teams. I mean, the summer we played, we played Haywood, we played Bolivar, uh, Knoxville, Fulton was down there, Memphis East. We played all four of those teams down there this summer. And, you know, when you're, when you're, our guys are being able to get exposed to, you know, different styles of play different caliber of athletes uh, from different parts of the state. I feel like it definitely gives them confidence. Uh, you know we play FACS uh, fr- Saturday night down at Bartlett, and they've uh, they're you know the defending uh, D two single A state champion. Uh, I know they graduated a lot of guys, but they've got they've got some really good incoming players. Um, you know we're going up playing Knoxville Web. Uh, Coach Norris does an incredible job up there. He's got a great program. That'll be a tough test for us. And then the Richmond North Carolina team you talked about. Um, <clears throat> they've got the Brandon Gatorade Player of the Year from. Uh, from North Carolina uh, Paul McNeil he's a uh, guy's offer he's a 2024 65 wing but he's got offers from Tennessee Indiana Clemson so I mean going and playing in those types of games and those types of uh, you know atmospheres and uh, I think it's really good for our guys um, you know a lot of the a lot of this uh, you know you can get invited to playing some of these things some some teams kind of year in and year out get to go and participate uh, that's something that you know due to the success our team had last year and then also when you have a player of the caliber of Jared that you know uh, really helps uh, from getting those opportunities and so we we wanted to take advantage of it.
1: Speaking with Jim McDowell coach of the Lebanon Blue Devils class 4A state semifinalists a year ago finished up 29 and 7 here on Coach's Corner presented by From the Heart Cafe over in Chapel Hill. You know Jim you talk about you know, Jared, and, and the performance that you guys put together last year. Have you seen from opponents, you know, does it feel like there's a little bit more of a target on y'all's back after the way you guys finished up last year? And, and how do you feel like your guys are responding to that? You know, that,
2: that's something we've talked about in the preseason. Um, and I think it was really apparent, you know, when we went over to Riverdale Last week, uh, Michael Voss, good friend of mine. He's he's got a good team, and uh, they're a team last year that that we beat um, at home. We and we, we beat them pretty handily. And you know, I think our guys kind of didn't expect to get the the the, <laughs> the level of intensity and in play that we got when we went over there. Uh, they they came out and played really well. Um, and uh, you know, after they beat us, their locker room was you know above ours, and we could hear them celebrating and. You know, I, I think that was really kind of made it apparent to those to our guys that when when we're going to play, we get we're we're the hunted now. We've got a bullseye on our back, and and I I do think that was a good that was good wake up call. You I mean you never want to lose, uh, but um, going back the next day and and watching the film and seeing how the first half we didn't come out with the level of intensity that we needed to, uh, we did pick it up in the second half and um, made a made a run, but just you know dug ourselves too big of a hole. And so I think. You know, after that and seeing that, <clears throat> I've seen a different level of focus and intensity. Uh, last two ball games play, playing against Summit and Brentwood. So, and we're going to need that, uh, tomorrow night with Gallatin coming in. Coach Luna, I mean, they're seven and zero. Um, Coach Luna, a good friend of mine, has, uh, you know, he's been at Gallatin since I played at Lebanon in high school. And, uh, you know, he's, he's he'll be a, he'll be a Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, you know, over 600 wins and, uh, I mean, <clears throat> their, their teams are tough. They're going to defend hard. And so, uh, you know, we know tomorrow they've they've run through the rest of Wilson County. They beat Mount Juliet and Wilson Central and Green Hill. And so I, th- I guess we're the next one up for them. Uh, but hopefully we can uh, bring that that streak to a close.
1: Well, if you're going to lose a ball game, I guess November 29th is, is a good time to lose one.
2: Yeah, those November wake-up calls are good. You don't want to have to have those later in the year. Uh, Clarksville Academy, who we we played, and that's our other loss. Uh, Matt Hoppy, uh, you know, coming from Brentwood Academy, they've got a they've got a really good team. I think they'll be um, really competitive in that uh, Division II, uh, you know small school class with good pasture. And then who we play uh, this weekend, FACS. I think those will be three of the better teams there. And you know, they've got Eddie Ricks, who uh, Jared played AAU with, who's a Moorhead State commit. And you know, that was a that was a tough tough game for us. Um, yeah, but but good, you know, to be tested against a team like that um, early as well.
1: And just like you and the team, kind of have a target on your back. I'm I'm sure that people really come at Jared, the Tulsa signee, especially hard as well. You know how how is he handling being at the top of everybody's scouting report?
2: Yeah, you know, I think he, he kind of got exposed to that last year uh, when he was got, getting a lot of the notoriety and recognition that he did as, as his recruitment really a- amped up last season. Um, that's something that um, he had to adjust to last year, and uh, we, we dealt with some different things with that. But I, I really feel like he's matured quite a bit over the last year, um, you know, and uh, just from whether it be student sections or opposing teams fans or, you know, just in general, I mean, as a, as a 17, 18 year old guy and, you know, getting ready, leave the, get, get off the floor and people coming up, ask for your autograph and things like that. I mean, that, that takes some getting used to. And so, um, I do think he's embraced that and he's, uh, he's really kind of approaching it with a different mindset, um, more mature mindset. And, um, he's, he's really grown up a lot in the last year and stepped up and he's a big time leader for us, uh, both on and off the court.
0: Coach Jim McDowell of the Lebanon Blue Devils here with us on Coach's Corner, presented by From the Heart Cafe. Coach, before we get out of here, we we just mentioned that we were talking about it before you got on with us, and it, it was our top story today because it's kind of a big deal. Uh, have you seen the reports coming out of the Board of Control meeting and the change to the amateur rule? Do you have any initial knee-jerk thoughts on that or uh, does it sound like a good idea to be able to allow these players to get paid a little bit of money for their for their skill?
2: Well that's something that through Jared's recruitment um, that I've I've really kind of been exposed to a lot more than previously. Uh, I actually was on the phone with uh, Coach Conkle today at Tulsa just kind of discussing that what was instated today and trying to be uh, on the forefront of that and trying to uh, maximize that for uh, any guys of our guys that might have that opportunity. Um, you know, like it or not, I mean, it's here. So I think that you've got to embrace it and you've got to really try and um, make it the most beneficial you can for your players and for your program. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm not 100% sure what that's going to look like. Um, you know, I know that uh, somebody like like Jared might have some potential opportunities with that. Uh, and so we're just uh, trying to make sure that whatever we do is is we do it the right way and that it's uh you know a seamless transition for him when he leaves here and, and he gets does go to Tulsa so um it's kind of a you know the Wild West five by your city your pants type scenario but you know Tennessee's the 22nd state to make it to approve it so uh, I do feel like that that was a, a good decision uh you know I know I've just reading a lot of the stuff uh, the Tlis vale wanted to be able to 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 be able to, to govern that and make decisions on that, um, and, and institute the, the policies the way that they felt like would be best as opposed to having it be taken out of their hands. And so I, I'm, you know, I, I think it's here, um, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out, but, um, you know, uh, we're trying to learn and figure out as much as possible as, as soon as possible. So we do it the right way. All
0: right. Well, there you go. That's, I think, I think that's a that is a very, very good way to look at it. We just say, you know, you, you have to do what you have to do to take care of it. And, and then, you know, we'll, we'll catch the rest of it on the back end, I guess, but Hey, whatever, whatever it takes coach, we appreciate you taking some time with us today and uh, look forward to uh, catching you guys out on the, on the hardwood throughout this, this holiday season and into January and February. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck.
2: Thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate all that you guys do for high school sports.
0: It's Jim McDowell on Coach's Corner, presented by From the Heart Cafe out in Chapel Hill. Again, Renee Hart and the fine folks out there keeping you fed and happy, whether it be breakfast, catering, lunch, sandwiches, dinner, doesn't matter. She's got it. Just uh, make sure to go check her out. It's uh, just before he, you get to Henry Horton State Park right there on the right, if you're heading toward the park. If you're on your way out of the park, it's obviously on the left. <laughs> hey, listen, after man. After the park. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe the, you, know, you need to do that. I don't know. But uh thanks to Coach for for joining us, and we are going to take a quick break. A uh, couple of couple other headlines in uh, high school sports before we get into it, but I, I wanted to talk a little – tennessee men's and women's basketball as some unfortunate news coming out of lady vols camp uh, today and we'll talk about how the basketballs can keep it going so stick around main street sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint is back after this AP Tennessee sports editor, three-time Tennessee sports writer of the year, 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome,
1: Teresa. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything?
3: Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night.
0: That was nice. Has <laughs> five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. <laughs> uh-huh. McGee- (laughs)
2: Other guy, Wham, married the best-looking girl, Bananarama.
3: So, other guy, Wham, had a pretty good
0: life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mo, uh, before we get into any college stuff, I wanted to mention Jeravius uh, Hall out of Columbia Central picking up an offer from the University of Tennessee. It appears that um, the defensive staff, at least <laughs> for Josh Heupel, has been in Murray County recently and is uh, putting that fence up.
1: And they are certainly attempting to the second offer to a young Murray County, you know, budding standout in as many days following Mount Pleasant's Jaden McClure, um, earlier this week, getting, getting a, um, an offer. the Freshman from Mount Pleasant, Jaravius, sophomore. And, um, you know, spoke to, um, Ryan Callahan, Spring Hill graduate and, um, recruiting editor for govalls 247com on this. And, you know, even as the UT coaching staff is working on their 23 and 24 classes, they are still kind of looking ahead, obviously, and, and particularly looking in state. And that's obviously a goal for them is to try to build that fence, like you said. And, um, a couple of guys that have kind of stood out with their athleticism for their size and their projectables and that kind of thing. So certainly guys to to have your eye on. And as you and I talk, Chris, it's particularly kind of stunning that their first offer comes from a power five program of the magnitude of, you know, the university of Tennessee. So, but you know, this this isn't the end for either of those guys. Obviously now they gotta kinda live up to that and, and continue trending in the direction that folks feel like they are. So well you But it's know, it's certainly fun to have that on your Twitter account.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. And here's you know, what I think is something to take away from this, and you and I both realize it. I mean Murray County has kind of been because, you know, the these teams haven't made deep runs into the playoffs and, you know, gotten the exposure that maybe some think, you know, maybe some other teams and players have, but we've been watching these guys and individually, I mean, it, we're sitting here going, these guys can play, they can play at the next level. And then, you know, you look at guys like Ethan Workman, like you feel like Ethan Workman from Richland can play at the next level, but he just doesn't get the love he needs. And so it's nice to finally see uh, some Southern Middle Tennessee athletes getting the love that, uh, that they need south of Williamson County.
1: Yeah, south of Williamson County. And, you know, there has been a trend here over the past 10 or 15 years. I discussed this a few weeks back with Chris Pointer, the um, Athletics Director of Murray County Public Schools. There's, there's been a trend and there's been a thought that you can't get there from here. And there are there are a number of athletes who have Murray County roots that wound up playing their high school ball elsewhere and getting those type offers because there was a, a thought process that they couldn't achieve that playing here. And so hopefully that's starting to kind of swing a little bit with these two guys and and hopefully some other guys as well
0: yeah when the flagship school of your home state is is extending an offer in your freshman and sophomore seasons you got to feel like that is at least a a start in the right direction so looking forward to seeing what those two young men do in the next couple of years that they're going to be fun to watch Jaden mcclure specifically I, i mean on Both sides of the ball is just disgusting, and then Jaravius Hall has been a disruption, a disruptive factor for the last two years for two,
1: absolutely from the so start of his he, freshman year. I mean, yeah, he, he was never not a problem. This is almost a, what took you so long for Jaravius, to be yeah. honest.
0: And and he's got he he has a little bit of the of the pedigree bloodline, too, uh, being cousins with one Shaq Mason, so doesn't like, hurt that, yeah. I mean, you know, it. it that at least gives you some idea of what can be if you are a college
1: coach, just saying. <laughs> and and I'm gonna tell you, if if you talk to this kid, he's mature beyond his years. He's really fun to talk to. I've enjoyed every encounter I've had with him. And um he's I, I believe he's gonna live up to the hype.
0: So. I do too. Staying with the Tennessee uh, theme here mo we moved to the hardwood where we found out earlier today that uh lady vol's uh, she, no better uh, tamari key is out for the year with a unique injury i guess uh she has blood clots in her lungs and, and i'm assuming is this the same thing that trey smith dealt with
1: um, it sounds quite similar. I mean, I don't know enough about it to know, but yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I don't know how you find out about this, how it comes up, but it's, it's really unfortunate first for Tamari, obviously. And also for the, the lady Vols who, who kind of have gotten off to a, a little bit of a slow start relatively speaking, but, um, yeah, apparently she missed her first game Tuesday, and this is, uh, I'm kind of speechless at it, how, how one university over like a four-year period finds itself dealing with this with, with two of its top athletes, and, and you just hate to hear it, but um, hopefully they can get that taken care of, and she can return to a normal way of life and and if basketball comes back, then then that's even better. But but you want to get this under control early for for a young individual like that.
0: Yes, you know, if this is the you know what Trey Smith dealt with, the the positive is you feel like it's something that's treatable, and she can continue playing sports, whether it be basketball or whatever she may do in the future. Uh, she certainly has WNBA potential. Uh, you you hope that, you know, she is able to to come back and play because, you know, f- you want to go out on your terms as an athlete. That's just, that's just the, the nature of being an athlete going out on your terms is, is really uh, what you want to do. And this is not the way you want to go out. If you're, if you're key and, you know, she is that leader. She is, she's the on the floor leader for this team. And like you said, they've been struggling. So, you know, how does Kelly Harper get this, you know, get this team back on track? Well, sometimes you have to use stuff like this, you know, win one for the Gipper kind of thing.
1: Well, you know, they were, they were struggling with Tamari. They were five and five or they were four and five before beating Chattanooga by 30 on Tuesday. Um, without tamari so um again they've struggled um top five to open the year unranked and so with or without tamari key they had some work to do Uh, they've obviously got more work to do now but again i i really hesitate to to look at tamari key's situation in basketball terms i mean that's just bigger than that
0: yeah it is um Tennessee in their remaining non-conference, <clears throat> sorry, games before getting into SEC play after the holidays. I think they have Wright State next, and or yeah, that's it's definitely Wright State schedule, not Tennessee schedule. Um, they have Wright State next, but um, but going forward, you know, you're you're looking at you know u c f and Stanford you got to go to Stanford you know in
1: a week ten and days December eighteenth that ain't no fun
0: and that's not a place you want to be going especially without your best player
1: at, um, at less than full full throttle yeah that that's gonna be a tough one so and and again u t having struggled to this point that's that's it's a tough matchup right there. So um,
0: I will say this, you know, the Virginia Tech lost three points at home. You at least feel like this team is trending in the right direction. Again, this is the only loss in the last four games. That loss to Gonzaga still frustrating because not to they blame it on had some that one, but yeah, not to blame it on a because you shouldn't be in that situation, but it certainly wasn't the. It certainly wasn't the best officiated game that they've. It had. was
1: not the best officiated <laughs> game, but you know the the early losses to Ohio State and Indiana. That one, the Indiana game. at TBA, mm-hmm. those were kind of glaring as well. So, and, and that wasn't officiating.
0: No, neither of those were absolutely not. Uh, Jordan Horston is coming on lately. She's been the leading scorer in four of the last five. Um, and Rickay Jackson, who apparently has been held out recently,
1: coach's decision.
0: So I'm not sure exactly what that means, but let's hope the coaches make a decision to get her back before they go to Palo Alto.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that would be really nice. But, but understand, you know, you don't know what, what, what the team is dealing with in that situation. And Kelly, I'm going to trust Kelly Harper. Hmm. And, and until she gives me a reason not to. so. And so good luck to the Lady Vols. They got right, stayed on Sunday, UCF at home on next Wednesday before heading out to Stanford. Um, and then they start SEC play the 29th at Florida in the O-Dome or whatever it's called now.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what it's called now. I don't think it's been the O-Dome in a minute, but, um, well, yeah,
0: it, it will always be the O-Dome to me.
1: I understand. I uh, understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but on the men's side, Mo, um, you know, ever since that lost here in Nashville, seems like this, this Tennessee basketball team has found its groove.
1: Well, I think they've won and- seven in a row. And, and I think Julian Phillips has been a big part of that groove.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things that, you know, Julian Phillips, who, you know, I didn't really expect him to be the leading scorer this, you know, this deep into the season, but it's been impressive watching him, you know, kind of come into this program and, and be immediately effective. Mm
1: hmm. And he's certainly been that. Uh
0: he along with Santiago Vescovi, who was the preseason first team all SEC select, uh have really kind of they've been the rocks that this team has to has to rely on. And here's the thing, they've got four players who are averaging double figures right now, Mo.
1: And that's, you know, from a coach's standpoint, that's kind of what you look for because that's really tough to prepare for. We were were just talking with Jim McDowell from Lebanon about Jared Hall, who's averaging 31 and 10, which is pretty unbelievable at the high school level. But, you know, as an opponent, you kind of know who you got to stop when somebody comes in with those kind of numbers. When you've got four double-digit scores, I mean. It would be
0: five, but Zakai Ziegler averages 9.9.
1: Oh well, oh. <laughs> so so I mean, who you who are you focusing on? You know, yeah.
0: And and Zakai's coming off the bench. He hasn't started since Game Two. Well, since uh,
1: that game in Nashville, specifically,
0: when Rick Barnes said you're not starting anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which and and, look, and Ziggler said, fine. You yeah, know, whatever. Hey, you're gonna play me anyway. It, you
0: and here's the thing. I, I promise you. I, I know this sounds crazy, but I was. I had a conversation with my high school coach one time. He said, Chris, I can't start you because you stink when you start. You're too hyped up. I put you in after the tip off and you're, you're fine, but I cannot start you. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You're right.
1: i I, you know, I've, I've not played anything at any level basically, but my, my, I, I always thought that it's, starting maybe a little overrated i mean are you on the floor when it's over are you are you on the floor when it's time to win you know?
0: <laughs> there you go
1: and, hey and it's i think that means overrated? a lot more
0: maybe but is it cool to have your name called out yes
1: <laughs> well that's that's why you have to make sure that you've got a, a pa guy that announces subs and that kind of thing which uh, doesn't happen in football i guess but you know for we basketball. did
0: we did have a a, a great pa guy uh, when I was in school, so.
1: Yeah, but but I mean, if you're in there when it's winning time, that's that's, that's all what I, that's what's important, I would think. So
0: you know. Yeah, and this this particular you know this particular team, Mo, you go down the top six scores, and number six is when you get to Josiah Jordan James, who a lot of folks thought would be the you know the guy to look for, but he's been. He's been out recently and has he been back since the
1: battle for Atlantis?
0: You know, I'm not let me let me look at yesterday's box score. Yes, he played 16 minutes, was 0 for 7 and 0 for 4 from three point land. Ooh. And still.
1: One so point, I mean, fact, two
0: turnovers, three fouls.
1: The fact that they're having the success that they're having with him at less than his best. It really bodes well for this team as well.
0: And that's kind of where I was going with that. You know, it, it makes, it makes you look at this schedule and think, okay, this, this is a team that can get, that can make it happen because you know, Maryland is number 13 in the country. They're very good. This Sunday's game is going to be very difficult. Uh, it's in Brooklyn. So, Neutral site game on on FS1 if you want to watch it at 3.30 tip. Uh, Then you got Arizona, who is obviously, you know, not the Arizona that, you know, we once knew, but it's still Arizona. And, you know, then they get Austin Peay before SEC play starts. And then SEC play, not to, you know, I'm not going to hit Coach Davis with any strays, but Ole Miss and Mississippi State don't strike fear into your heart specifically um, <laughs> nor does South Carolina or Vanderbilt for that matter, before you play Kentucky at home. So you're looking at a team that, you know, you get a win on Sunday and you've got a lot of momentum heading into league play,
1: you know, you, and, and that's a Maryland win to come after beating Kansas in, um, the battle for Atlantis. So, I mean, that's a couple of pretty significant scalps right there. If you're able to pull that one off.
0: No question. So Tennessee looking forward to this, to this Sunday for both, uh, both the future and to see uh, if they can continue doing what they've been doing. We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, Eric O'Flaherty will join us, talk a little Braves right after this on main street sports today presented by mid Tennessee Bone and joint. So you guys stick around with us. Welcome back into Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, Chris Y'all alongside Mo Patton. And we are honored to have our next guest, former Atlanta Braves reliever and now co-host of the 755 is Real podcast with uh, David O'Brien, Eric
1: O'Flaherty, joining us now. Eric, welcome back.
3: What's up, fellas? How you doing?
1: How's things in the Great Pacific Northwest, Eric?
3: Cold. Yeah, we got some snow right now. Oh, kind of weather well, you guys got out there.
1: I, I guess at least it's not rain, right?
3: Yeah. We, I actually moved to the other side of the state, um, closer to where I grew up. So we're not in the rain as much all the time, but that drove us nuts.
0: <laughs> I can't, I couldn't do it. I mean, we've been dealing with it for four days and I'm, I'm over it.
3: Yeah. Well, my wife grew up in it, so it didn't bother her, but we just got to a point where, you know, once we had kids and they weren't going outside cause it was raining and you mm. go through four or five months of just, you know, 60% of the time it's raining. We couldn't handle it. So it's nice out here. We get a lot more sunshine.
1: <laughs> Eric, um, I guess the winter meetings have pretty much broken up. And to much of the Braves fan base's chagrin, no news really came out of there other than the acquisition of Detroit Tigers reliever Joe, G- Joe Jimenez. Um in a trade that cost them Austin Henry Molloy, and it's kind of sent Braves Twitter into, into, well, it's made them a Twitter, I guess. But I mean, um, as you followed this team, is it as frustrating for you as it is for most of the fan base that we don't know anything about what Alex Anthopoulos is going to do?
3: Uh, no, not at all. You know, the team won 101 games last year. So there, there's not these massive holes to fill. You know, I mean, I'd like to see him bring Dansby back. Um, that's probably the biggest the biggest move that I feel like they need to make. Um, otherwise, if you look at the team, you got so many guys locked up long-term on team-friendly deals. Um, you know, maybe left field. Um, they could hope that Ozuna does something and, and turns it around, has a big year, and he's capable of hitting 35 when he's hot. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but you know, that's just kind of the way they operate and it hasn't been a bad thing. Um, it's, it, it turns into, you know, during the season, there's not the same kind of distractions because AA basically leaks nothing. And, you know, I, I think that it can be frustrating as a fan to see what the Phillies are doing, what the Mets are doing, but you got to remember the Braves won the division again and, and all their horses are coming back.
0: It's, you know, that's, that's really what you have to keep saying. It feels like you have to keep saying that to some people on, on the social media. So, you know, I've kind of just. Been uh, hands off with it, but it is interesting because you're right. When you look at everybody that's coming back, you you don't really necessarily need a whole lot of pieces. Obviously Kenley Jansen is, uh, is headed to the Red Sox, but you mentioned Dan's you mentioned Marcelo Zuna, uh, at some point you you probably expect to get Adam Duval back. You've still got Eddie Rosario. Are are there you know, are those guys, you know, going to play roles next year for the Atlanta Braves? Are they possible trade pieces? where do you see those guys?
3: Well, I think they have the luxury of you know, I think it's a lot of times it feels like you have to fix all these things in the offseason, but they have some guys that they can give chances to and and see you know, how spring training goes, how the first couple months of the season go, and then you can make a midseason trade too. But mm-hmm. if, if Ozuna comes out and does what he did a few years ago, you know, I, I know that his um, his reputation's kind of taken a hit the last few years, but this guy's still got crazy pop. And when he's locked in, there's really nowhere to pitch him with his bat speed. Um, it's not something you want to bank on, but it's the same thing as shortstop. You know, they could give Vaughn um, bon a, a try at shortstop, and he's working with Wash, who's I watched, I watched Marcus Simeon have one of the most challenging seasons I've ever seen at shortstop uh, when I was with Oakland, and Wash basically got hired to to work with him and get him right. And Wash followed him around day in, day out. I mean, he was calling his name every day. You know, I mean, you could see it wearing on Marcus. But look at the shortstop it turned him into. So, if there's questions about whether uh, Grissom can play shortstop or not. Um, he's working with wash it wash can work some magic so you got that you got that kind of as a backup plan you got Arcia, um left field you got a few guys you could try out and you know i'd like to see him make some moves too just like everybody else but there's just there's not this there's not this drastic you know gaping hole that they need to fix it's they won 101 games
1: Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Eric, explain to me the rationale that Vaughn Grissom isn't ready to play shortstop. How do we know. know?
3: I don't know it. You know, I mean, I, I was really impressed with the at bats he had last year. I never saw him play shortstop <laughs> you know, to so know he- that
1: he's not ready.
3: Right. I think it's, it's, it's a sign that you got him working with wash that there's some work to do, but he might be doing that anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I didn't hear anything terrible about his defense when he was coming up. Dave was raving about him talking about um, what a prospect he was and the energy he had and attitude and the way he plays. And he came up and raked right away. So, I mean, I've, I've kind of been asking myself the same question. Um, Obviously I'd like to have Dansby back because he's got some intangibles you just can't replace. But You know, not having seen Vaughn ever play shortstop, it's hard to knock the guy at shortstop.
1: Okay. Then, then I feel a little bit better if a former major leaguer has the same (laughs) opinion about a situation that I have. That, right. I'm not saying that gives me credibility, but it makes me feel better. That, yeah. So thanks. (laughs) Thanks for kind of validating me there. I appreciate that. Um, Again, as you've said, this team won 101 games last year. There aren't a whole lot of holes, but you know there there are some some things that you know when we get to spring training, we got to figure out. You know, if Mike Soroka is healthy, where does he fall into that rotation, or does he fall into the rotation?
3: Oh yeah, if he's if he's right, <laughs> he's an ace. I think it's it's tough to to count on because of what he's been through. And there's, you know, it's kind of a one of one situation, a pitcher coming back from two Achilles. There's not too many guys to compare him to. Um, we had him on our podcast maybe a month ago and he said he feels great. He learned a lot um, about his delivery and, and kind of things he needed to change. And that was one of the breaks that he had. Um, it wasn't necessarily even as much about the injury he had. He had a little minor, think I hit with a comeback or something like that, but he wound up taking three weeks for it. He went down and worked with a guy. Um, they got deep into the, all the biomechanics and stuff. And it looked like, you know, to him that he was putting way too much pressure on that Achilles, the way his mechanics were set up. Um, so he tried to change that and correct that. But if that guy's healthy, I mean, it, it's so easy in baseball to forget what, how good somebody is and what they're capable of and what they've done. If he's healthy, he might, I mean, he's probably your number one, if he's right. Mm-hmm. And the question is just, you know, how healthy is, is he going to come back, and it, are those surgeries going to affect his mechanics? Um, I think anytime you're coming back from a major injury like that, that first year back is not going to be pretty. You saw that with Acuna, uh, but I would definitely bank on if Soroka's healthy playing a major role, not not like a number four or five. You know, he's he's pitching game one or two of the playoffs.
1: You don't come by the nickname Maple Maddox just by chance.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's the thing is he can pitch, you know, if his stuff's not quite there, he doesn't get by on velocity. He's got really tight movement on a sinker and he's got an unbelievable slider and he's smart. So I would I would expect even if he's not, you know, coming back with the exact same repertoire, he can make up for it with uh, what he's got up top.
0: Now, that's interesting because, you know, this team could legitimately have three number ones. And, again, like you said, not just with what we saw with Ronald Acuna, but what we saw with Charlie Morton coming off injury, yeah. he wasn't 100%. If you get 100% out of Charlie Morton next year and you've got Spencer Strider who comes back and, and gives you what he gives you, Max Freed, Mike Soroka, this could be the best rotation in baseball.
3: And you yeah. still
1: ain't mentioned Kyle Wright. Still or haven't eight, mentioned Kyle Wright, 20-game winner. Sorry. Eight.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that that's what, you know, that's that's the stuff you have to look at is they've got some things that are kind of up in the air a little bit, but you can't go out and sign Verlander and then not have space for Sirocco if he comes back healthy. You know, there, there's certain moves you can't go make and, and block certain guys that could wind up helping your team a ton and cost a lot less.
0: Yeah, that's kind of it. That That's, that's really one of the frustrating parts is because, you know, the Braves – the Braves have so many really good pieces that are still kind of what ifs, but boy, if you get even three quarters of what is, what they're capable of, they're as good as most other players in the major leagues. And that, that is a testament to what this team has built over the last five years.
3: Yeah. I mean, if you've looked at some of the starting pitchers that have gotten signed, if you're worried about that five spot, you know, I mean, I'll take 70% of Soroka over, Everybody except Degrom and Verlander, you know the, the guys that are going around. It's Soroka at seventy percent, still three, four, five starter, and and he's gonna he's gonna deal.
0: Is there any way, any chance that the Braves could find a way to get Brian Reynolds?
3: I don't know. I mean, it's I don't dig too far into. Would they you know, want to? Where'd you put him?
0: Well, i I would assume you would have to get rid of some of your left field talent. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's the only thing is, you know. But boy, Brian Reynolds, and even though he's only got what one year on his deal, it and it would be tough. But man, that would almost put your lineup into a another dimension.
3: Yeah, I think a healthy Acuna puts it, you know, into another sure. dimension too. And sure. they didn't have Aussie for. A large portion of the year last year,
0: and he will be back for sure.
3: Yeah, we lose Mo. (laughs) There he is. Oh, we got him.
1: Hey, sorry about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We go ahead, Mo.
1: No, no, I I missed whatever the conversation was regarding Brian Reynolds. But I mean, you know, again, you've still got Adam Duvall and and. Adam Duvall is a gold glove defensive outfielder who's capable of 30 plus bombs. So, I mean, maybe as, as EOF was saying about the starting pitching situation, maybe you don't want to lock yourself into a Brian Reynolds when you've got the possibility of an Adam Duvall coming back, who you know what he's capable of, you know what he brings to the clubhouse as well. I mean, it right. will have been a great fit since he's been in Atlanta and that's been one of his redeeming qualities, I think. So, So maybe as you look at this roster, maybe you just bank on Duvall getting back and getting back rather than bringing in a Brian Reynolds. Although I'd love to see the former Brentwood high and Vanderbilt stand out in Atlanta. So,
3: yeah, you know, if you, it's all about the price, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's all about what you're giving up. And it used to be, you know, you, you were willing to give up elite prospects for, you know, known major league talent, but now prospects are the golden currency. I think there's been too many trades over the past few years where a guy, you know, has, has looked like a pretty good prospect and gotten maybe a chance or two in the big leagues. And then you give up on him and he goes off to another team and turns into a superstar. And you had a guy for a year, you know, I think that's, every team's afraid of getting burned like that now.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's no question. And there. every team is afraid of getting burned like that. And every team is probably afraid of getting burned by double a as well. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> it's, it's hard when you, when you have rarely lost to get people to buy what you're selling. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, so wait a minute.
1: Wait, this still wait, wait can't a minute. be good this,
0: for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to work out for me. And I don't even know why I'm doing this, but we're going to do it. Yep. <laughs> Eric, Obviously, you spent time in, in a lot of bullpens. This Braves bullpen, and I'm just going to go down the list of what I see in front of me right now: Dennis Santana, Nick Anderson, Kirby Yates, Dylan Lee, Colin McHugh, Joe Jimenez, AJ Mentor, and Rocio Iglesias. That's pretty freaking legit.
3: I, I was I was so impressed with Iglesias last year. You know, I mean, he he has a great track record, but when he came into game, games, he just didn't miss the glove. You know, and he 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 pitched in huge situations. And you forget the guy was a closer, you know, in his old career because he's backing up Kenley. But I wouldn't be afraid at all to throw him into the closer's role, uh, mentor in the eighth and just filter it all down from there. I don't know. I, I don't know Luke Jackson's uh, status, if they're bringing him back on a cheap deal or if he got tendered. I didn't, I haven't been paying too much attention, but that's another guy, you know, coming back from Tommy John that could be pretty damn good and important for you.
1: I would think EOF that as impressive as Iglesias was on the mound for the Braves, the fact that, you know, he accepted his role. Cause like you said, he had been a closer with the angels and he came over here and he fell into that eighth inning and just kept, kept dealing and, and wasn't worried about when he came into the game. And I, I, when you are a closer, I, I would imagine you think you're a closer regardless of where you are. So I, I would guess that's got to kind of be a little bit of an adjustment to suddenly not be getting the ninth.
3: Yeah, yeah. For me, setup is the best, the best role in baseball, because you you know when you're going to pitch, you know you got the eighth inning. But if you get in trouble, you got the team's best pitcher, you know relief pitcher coming in right behind you to bail you out of jams. Closer, you're on your own. You got to get it done. Um, So for me, I think that would maybe take a little pressure off him. And he still had a pretty defined role, but that's that's usually what closers struggle with the most is getting thrown into, they have a very structured routine. It's very specific. They stretch at the same time. They do everything the same. You get thrown back in the seventh and eighth. Some days you might pitch the sixth. It, it might just happen, you know, so all sure. of a sudden you're going from stretching in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning, somewhere in there, wherever you're comfortable, to shoot, shoot, I got to be ready. You know, I got to start warming up in the fourth. And then your mind's on the clock that whole time. So a lot of guys struggle with that. Um, it's just added stress. Um, a lot of guys struggle with that, but they also, you know, it's an ego hit or it's a, it's an ego thing. Everybody mm-hmm. likes being the closer and you get confidence from being the closer because the other team knows you're the closer. You know, you come in and, and feel good about yourself. And I think a lot of guys that won't accept that role for me, you know, it's not really a demotion. We just got somebody else we're having closed, but it's really hard not to appear selfish when you won't go to a winning team and throw the eighth. And any guy that does, or at least you think that's common sense, but any guy that does, I always think it's cool and and admire that, that they just, you know, no attitude, no drama. Yep, I'll throw the eighth, and then they go out and deal. Speaking of clocks, the
0: pitch clock, how do you feel about that?
3: I love it. I was never slow, you know. It's like, it's not, <laughs> You're like not I'm not even worried to about it. <laughs> you know, it's like read the swing, get on the mound. You you get a sign if you don't like a shake to the one you want. But I you know, they gotta speed the game up some way. And some guys just drag their feet and have their whole routine. Um, I think Kenley's actually one guy. I mean, Kenley's slow. He's he's gonna have to speed it up. But for me, it wouldn't have been any problem.
1: And and with that in mind as As much as we love having Kenley last year, that might be best that he's doing his thing somewhere else next year because that's gonna be an, an adjustment for him,
3: oh yeah, yeah, I think so. there's the reason the guys don't do it to drag the game out, you know that they have their routine and and they want to get their thoughts in order and and that's the pace that works for them, like the bias guy that was with the Dodgers forever it was like a minute between pitches, you know he'd have a fifteen minute fifteen pitch inning it's like. <laughs> Guys, but that's that's what locks them in. For me, I was trying not to think. You know, if I, if I started getting in my head and thinking, then I was in trouble. But if I just kind of blacked out and threw whatever pitch the catcher put down, then I could execute. So I was trying to stay out of that space. So it worked well for me, and I'd have no problem with it. You know, the, the faster, the better.
1: Don't thank you. Only hurt the team. Eric
0: O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever and now co-host with David O'Brien on the 755 Is Real podcast, joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Eric, we appreciate your time so much, man. We we look forward to hearing more and looking forward to spring training.
3: Yep, no problem, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. All right, we take a break now. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about some moves around the major leagues, so stick around. Main Street Sports State, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint, is back after this. This holiday
2: season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. After sunset, come see more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. All new designs, including mythical beasts, a fantastical North Pole village, even a dragon soaring over your head. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever.
0: Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, alongside Mo Patton, and we are in our final segment of the day. Mo, some other major league moves of note. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just mentioned Kenley Jansen's headed to the Red Sox. Um, you know, were you surprised
1: at the Aaron Judge deal? A little bit. I mean, I was surprised to see him go back, but it's tough to t- turn down nine three sixty. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to repeat this story
0: best I can. Mm-hmm. I, I I won't get it exactly right, and all the numbers won't be right, but it's pretty close. I was watching MLB Network, and the stat was that. There have only been like 40-something players who have been as heavy as Aaron Judge. Now, obviously, he's 6'7". It's a little bit different. He's 280-something
1: pounds. Mm -hmm. 282. He's 282. Is what he's listed at.
0: (laughs) Which means probably 290.
1: Well, I I think these are listed weights that you're getting ready to reference. Now, go ahead. You've seen this, though.
0: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So 270 something is the is the the cutoff here and only one person who's ever played at 35, 36 or 37 30s. years old mm-hmm. uh has hit a home run and it's Bartolo Colon. Big sexy. Now <laughs> if you if you're the Yankees do you feel like this was a this is what it's going to take to get the deal done, and we we would rather have him for five years than not have him at all.
1: Well, I think one that not everybody's two seventy or two eighty is is created equally, and I don't think it, his is. And and I I think it looks a lot different on six seven than it does on six three or five ten or whatever else. I sure. think also. You know you're talking about a guy who right now this past year, I don't know how many starts he made in center field, but I mean, you're talking about an athlete at six seven two eighty two and you know you could move him to a corner, you could move him or back to right, you could move him to a corner, you could move him to first base, you could move him to d h and it's not necessarily going to affect his offense which is what he's out there for he just hit 62 home runs so
0: it would be hard not to re-sign the guy who broke your franchise record for home runs in the season right yeah <laughs> it'd be real difficult
1: and and i mean everything that you heard last year about Aaron Judge was if if there has been a New York Yankee maybe over the last 10 years or whatever he is it he yeah, he's he the embodiment is, of the, he's the embodiment of the New York Yankees. I mean, and I think that they were going to do whatever it took to bring back the embodiment of their franchise. Um and, and I think it would have been embarrassing to some degree had they not. Yeah. I mean, I'm just glad he's not, you
0: know, gonna be in the NL in West would have to deal with it, but, uh, but yeah, it, it is. It is a situation where I think this guy's going to end up. He's not going to, I don't think he's going to play the last two years of this deal, at least not to the left. He's going to be a DH kind of guy. And look, Aaron judge as a DH is probably better than 60% of DHs out there.
1: It's so, better than whatever they had a DH right now. Probably.
0: And so, so- so that's, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a solid deal for the Yankees, uh, and kudos to them for making it happen. Um, elsewhere,
1: Wilson Contreras to the Cardinals—that's frustrating. It's frustrating, and the numbers—what five years, eighty-seven point five—are kind of frustrating. If you're if you're a
0: Cubs fan, you've got to be mad. That you didn't get something for him. Well, sure. I mean, what, what were the Cubs thinking not trying to get rid of this guy? Tra- trading. It's well, something.
1: You're, you're also mad that he's going downstate, basically. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and, and now he's a Cardinal. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and we got to see him however many games. Yeah. What are the Cubs doing? Other than in the Dansby Swanson sweepstakes, I don't really know. And why? I, I don't. Why understand. are you in the Dansby Swanson sweepstakes at this I, point? I, I don't know. I mean, and if you're Dansby
0: Swanson, why the why hell you would going? you
1: consider the Cubs? Well, because his soon-to-be wife plays soccer there. <sighs> I don't know, man. Now I, I would <laughs> think that I would think that they could both afford plane tickets. They could probably afford wheels up. But I mean, I don't guess there's anything wrong with being in the same city. No, and if that's
0: and, and, hey, look, far be it from me to you know to hate on someone for wanting to be close to their significant other. I don't blame I don't blame them at all. <laughs> but I, I mean, it's your career you're talking about here, man. I mean and, and look, you're you're gonna you're gonna do you. It, Dansby is not gonna be a Hall of Famer. We know that, right? So it's not going it, to, that doesn't really matter. But boy, it just seem, would seem weird to go to a team that just stinks and isn't trying to get better. Well,
1: I mean, he's got his ring. He's got his ring. You're right. You're right about that. He's but, got his ring. He might as well get his money and, 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 and he's getting ready to put on a more important ring, I guess. So. Um you know, I don't know man i I don't get it i mean i'd I'd love to see Dansby back in Atlanta with the whole Vandy Boy situation and what he brings, but i'm fifty fifty but yeah i i'm i mean I'm after last off season and everything that we went through with Freddie Freeman and that kind of thing and Dansby kind of gives me some, some mini mini Freddy vibes and I can kind of do without all that tightness really. So it, yeah, I'm, I'm 50, 50. I mean, if he's back, he's back. If he's gone, we're, we're still going to find somebody to play shortstop and
0: we're not going to go out there without one.
1: No, no, we're not. We're and and we're still going to win 90, 95, a hundred games and be a factor in the postseason, whether Dansby's there or not. Dansby does not keep this team from being an NL East championship caliber team.
0: No, he doesn't. All right, well, there you have it. That is the Thursday edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Tomorrow we have Doug Scopel and Matt Brown from Extra Points coming at you. So come back with us at 2 o'clock tomorrow. We'll get you ready for the weekend and everything that goes with it Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Barn and joint Mo Patton, Chris Yao, Justin Kulik saying so long until then.